Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on Turning a Moment into a Movement. I am your host, Jay Love, and I represent the justice for Gerard movement. Gerard is my son who was wrongfully incarcerated for a crime he didn't do, innocent, and he went to prison for that crime. Had no knowledge of the crime, nothing. So um, because of his journey and my journey and all the people I met on that journey and the experience of wrongful conviction and everything that has to um, do with it, um, because of all of it, we created this platform called Turning a Moment into a Movement, where we come here on Fridays in the evening, 6 p.m., to discuss uh, wrongful convictions, injustice, things that lead to wrongful convictions. Um, our mission statement is to bring awareness to the wrongful conviction of Gerard Haycraft and all others who are wrongly convicted, over-sentenced, mentally ill, and medically frail in our community, to inspire, organize, and educate all communities about the need to disrupt systems, policies, and patterns of the criminal legal system that lead to wrongful convictions. And that's why we come here every Friday. Um, I wanna say, before we get started, hello to everyone on Facebook that's watching, YouTube that's watching, Twitter that's watching, and those who may watch later, um, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you um, and everything that you do. And please share um, um, these um, videos, these lives. Um, we want to educate as many people as possible about um, wrongful convictions and um, the things that we need to do to eliminate them. So. Thank you, everyone. We missed you guys last week. I had a power outage that was something horrible on a baby storm. And then we had a big storm, a little bit bigger than last week. And um, thankfully, my power didn't go out. And so DTE, um, thank you this week. Um, I saw Bueller who said that her power just came on. So I know she's excited. So thank you. Um, now I'm going to bring on Rabatia. Hey, Rabatia. Well, good evening, Jay. Good evening, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so glad to uh, see and be with everyone this evening. Yes, last week. Oh, my goodness. I missed everybody. And um, I just told Jay, I said, well, I guess it's time for us to uh, take a moment, take a pause and do some self-care. Um, that's what we do when things don't go as planned and, you know, it ends up being a very, a very good thing. Um, mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say hello to everybody, no matter where you are. Um, and I tell you, our conversation today is going to be so delicious. And I, I say that because Anytime we come together, we are definitely doing what I do on a daily basis, and that's uh, empower, educate, and encourage everyone that comes in contact with me. And so I do this whether I'm in the role as the state chair for the Michigan G100 Oneness and Wisdom as uh, over the, the founder of the Choice Zone or Empowered Living or the Michigan Coalition of Human Rights and definitely with Transforming Love Community. So if you want to know about more about any of these organizations, feel free to send me a text or send me a, 
uh, message Facebook or Instagram. I, I'm on those. I'm on those sites. Uh, not always posting, you know, <laughs> but but I am there. Okay. This yeah. right here though is so important, and um, I can't wait to dive in because there are ways for us to take back everything that is supposed to be ours. And this starts right now with us, with you, with your families, with me and my families and everybody we come in contact with. You are not powerless today. And I hope you know that. Yes. Well, thank you, Abby, Yay, yay. <laughs> I'm happy to see you. And so I see Attorney Bye. Mac is here. He's a, let's see where he's at. Hi, Attorney Matt. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> well, okay, that's good because you can probably hear about 500 people behind me. I'm at one of my rare remote locations. I can't really say where, but it's, it's in a public building somewhere in Washtenaw County. So, oh, okay. so, so I'm here now. Um, normally I speak up on such matters, but haters are all around me. So I've got to be someone incognito right here. You notice uh, I'm not wearing my normal black fedora. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for this. Okay. So yes, uh, <laughs> proud to be with you. I'm sorry about the background noise, but I believe you can hear me. If you can hear me, not your head. Okay? Yes. Okay. Oh, good, good, good. So J-Love, proud to be here and be a part of this. Um, I've got to uh, take care of some business. So I'm going to have to sign off uh, about seven o'clock tonight. But I want to be able to have my input and be a part of our family until then. I know we've got a hiatus, but well-deserved for our leader, J-Love, uh, you know, for the month of August. But we'll all rejuvenate our batteries and come back strong uh, fighting for justice in, in, in September. So uh, Hugo Mack is my name, probably the only lawyer in the state of Michigan that is not parachuted down from heaven to be with you. But, and, and you know, Tia, you know what I'm going to say, Tia. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> you, hey, hey, you too, uh, Reverend Love. You, you, uh, you, 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 PKU. So, so, <laughs> so, but come up from hell through the power of God and Jesus Christ uh, to be with you today. So proud to be uh, part of the family, J Love, and thank you. Most of my practice represent people who do not have the money to get help in the social safety net, which for them got a big hole in it, by the way. And so a lot of my clients, unfortunately, uh, women and more even tragically women of color, I'm sad to say, sad to say, but it's true. But but I'm glad to do, you know, you know what I can, you know, and to be here to uh, to work. So uh, th that's it. That's about me. A freedom fighter. Uh, love to be with my colleagues. And so that's what I'm about, J-Love. Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. If you find yourself on Trouble Boulevard, push, pull, toe, drag that hoopity to Mac Street. Mac Street. Park in my virtual underground garage. And when you're there, call the Freedom Line, 734-239-118. The Freedom Line, 734-239-118. The Freedom Line, 734-239-118. hmaclaw.com is your hookup. 
hmaclar.com is your hookup. hmaclar.com is your hookup. Now, excuse me while I change locations because I noticed a pool of haters trying to gather around where I'm at. I've got to dodge them at all times. <laughs> so, 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 Jay Love, Jay Love, while yeah. people are gathering that information, okay, it's important. Even though I'm in a secret location surrounded by a bunch of people, for the next 30 seconds or so, excuse me, Jay Love, while I do the boogaloo. <laughs> And introducing to some and reintroducing to others, my latest Jans, the Jans. <laughs> and we never ever leave out Reverend Tia, we never leave out Pulp Fiction, and my newest and greatest reiteration of the Batman. <laughs> and finish out with 15 seconds of the Janus. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And Jay Love, yes. I'm gonna tell yes. you right now, and all the listening audience, you know, you don't try to rest, not come with the guests, best. And if you don't wanna win, don't come in. Stay outside in the cold with others suffering from legal constipation. That's your business, not mine. I'm here to bring you relief, not pressure. Now, Jay Love, I want you to understand something. I've got a message for all the haters. And Jay Love, you've been very gracious all these years. People <laughs> leave a note on the woman car, text, texting that woman, dropping notes on that woman mailbox. Leave that woman alone. Leave that woman alone. But you see, my message to all the haters, Jay Love, is the same message my late cousin Bernie's told him. I ain't scared of none of y'all. So I want y'all to understand that. I ain't scared of none of y'all. You see, and, and you know, Jay Love, you know, Jay Love, what really be bothering me. These same people, haters, they come to smile in my face, J Love, all the time wanting to take my place. Damn backstabbers. And see, 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 J Love, you know what? Ever since I've been on the show, J Love, you know, I keep getting all these visits from my so called friends, J Love. See, mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what they be doing. They come to my house again and again and again. J Love, one of them so bold, he's trying to get my woman. Yes, he is. I don't even be home, J Love, and he just keep on coming. Now, Jay Love and Reverend T, I got to ask you, what that man and my woman got to talk about in private? What they got to talk about in private? See, see, Jay Love, Jay Love, I'm letting you know right now, I'm trying to be good. Now, I, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to hurt nobody. But I got to stay on the right track. I don't have to take some of these damn knives out my back. See, so this is what, this is what I'm dealing with, Jay Love. This is what I'm dealing with. And, and you know, Jay Love, you know, Jay Love, with the haters that be coming on you against me, and you're so gracious, you never admit it, but I know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. See, you know, Jay Love, I can just talk to you the words of, of <laughs> I can just talk to you the words of the great Otis Redding. Jay Love, if you should ever consider kicking me off the show, it means two things. You're tired of me, Jay Love, and you want to be free. But Jay Love, before you do it, before you do it, Jay Love, you and Reverend Tia, y'all become a habit, a habit to me, Jay Love. Jay Love, I've been loving y'all too long. Please, Jay Love, don't make me stop now. Please, please don't make me stop now. And Jay Love, Jay Love, I'm gonna tell you this. If all else fails, Jay Love, remember the words of the great Morris Day in the time. Jay Love, ain't nothing worse than rejection. Rather than kick me off the show, I'd feel a little better if you just slapped my face. So Jay Love, so please, please, Jay Love, I'm with you and I wanna stay there. And Jay Love, I wanna let you know, people have always tried to ask you. I know they do. They love, is that crazy lawyer? Do he mean that? Do you really be endorsing all that crazy stuff? I got to mess all y'all. You're damn straight I do. 
You're damn straight I do. So, you know, Shay Love, I just want you to know this. This message has been fully endorsed by Dr. Hugo J. Mack Esquire, the one true king of Russia, Scotland, and Lower Harlem. I love you. Thank you, Attorney Mack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, our resident superhero. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Dwayne Brooks. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey J. Love. J. Love. And, and yes. all this time, I thought Superman was white. <laughs> no, it's Dwayne. How y'all doing? Hi, Everybody all right? Yes, Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, hey there. So good to have you, Dwayne. Good to see you. Good to be back. What's up? What's up, crazy man, Hugo Matt? <laughs> <laughs> hey, pr proud to be here, brother. Proud to be here. Land of living once again. Hey, you know, hey, hey, you know, when it comes to these police and when it comes to these judges, jiving and BSing them seven days a week, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all for freedom, though. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Dwayne, introduce Amen. yourself and let everybody know who you are and what you up to. Uh, uh, reintroducing myself, Dwayne Brooks. Um, yeah. I did 35 years in prison for a crime that I didn't commit, uh, wrongfully convicted uh, in Ohio. I'm from New York, but Crime happened in Ohio, so I was convicted in Ohio. And um, I was recently released in April, matter of fact, April 25th. So it's been three months now. Um, and I'm here to spread the awareness, you know, that this, this terrible thing happens way too many times. You know, it's happening all over the country. You know, I, I wasn't in the state of Ohio when the crime occurred. They didn't have any evidence against me. They didn't have, you know, a witness against me, except for, you know, of course, the guy that uh, made a deal and, you know, copped out and came out from under his own weight. And, uh, you know, they took me to trial facing the death penalty with no evidence. And then to come to find out 33 and a half years later, they had the evidence to show that I didn't do it the whole time. And they were still taking me to trial facing the death penalty, trying to take my life. And that was their intention, you know, because, you know, I was just a, a father for the cannon. Simple as that, you know, um, because our lives in this country don't matter. And until we come together and really stick together for a prolonged period of time, our lives are not going to matter in this system. Because they look like, you know, I mean, they look at it like, yeah, we'll just let them blow smoke for a couple of weeks and then we'll distract them with this or that. And like I said uh, two weeks ago, you know, we spend 97% of our money with them. And, you know, the dollar is their God. And we need to start being more uh, careful with our dollars. And then that'll change things. 
instead of chasing these brands, chasing these red bottoms, chasing these Vuittons or whatever the, 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 the brand is, because those brands don't build no uh, uh, companies or no um, factories in our neighborhoods, you know, and we're spending all our money just to be, you know, say we're, you know, I got this or I got that. You got a $2,000 purse or a $3,000 purse. You got on a $1,000 pair of shoes, man and woman, but you ain't got $1,000 in the bank. We don't own anything. We don't have a, um, a net worth. You know, we got mortgages and we got uh, uh, car payments and they, they're all liabilities. So until we come together as a people, these type of things, these type of injustices are going to keep happening. Yeah, wasn't there, wasn't in the state, didn't have anything to do with it. Just so easy for them to take me off the street and convict me with no evidence. Yeah. And the evidence that I didn't do it the whole time. Right. So yeah. people need to be made aware. And that's what I'm here for. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. You know, when I, I've been telling people for what, almost four years, how easy it can happen. And, you know, I have get got people saying, well, you're his mother. Of course, you're going to say he didn't do it. People out know, I'm telling you, this stuff happens every day more than you know, more than you think. Innocent people are going to prison for crimes they didn't do. And if you're right, Dwayne, if we don't start paying attention and start speaking up, it's just going to continue turning back. And J-Love, if I, if I can just add this on what Dwayne is talking about. Now, the people that were castigating him or maybe writing something in the newspaper, I've, I've not heard this brother talk about them giving that same coverage to his release and vindication. I've not heard this brother talking about, uh, I don't know what the local news stations are in New York, but there, it's a major news network uh, in New York, all of them, I know that, I know that. Okay, I have heard. Have not heard this brother talk about one credible uh, news agency that says, look, we need to expose what happened to this man. And furthermore, furthermore, what about the other people that were there saying, well, you know, he's convicted and, you know, uh, that's the way the system is. And, yeah, he should be in there. Well, where are them people at now? I mean, where, where are those people at now? Because if you call yourself castigating a man or woman because they have a quote unquote conviction and you being a civic minded citizen, why does your civic duty stop when a person's convicted, but it doesn't start up when they exonerated? Why is that, J-Love? You know, I heard a preacher talk one time about putting something out on somebody that's false. It's like going up to a high mountain with a feather pillow, a feather pillow, okay? Ripping that pillow open and all them feathers fly to the four corners of the earth on the wind. And you do that deliberately. Well, he was convicted. You know, yeah, he, he should go in. Well, now when you know the truth, you got a responsibility if you call yourself particularly a civic-minded person Go back to that mountain, pick up every damn one of them feathers that you put out there, because that's exactly how you've hurt that man or woman. Yes, it is. Each of those feathers is a thought. 
It's a thought, a negative thought that landed somewhere and is sitting out there because your behind is too lazy, you know, too self-centered to at least announce, I was wrong about this man. I, I, I joined in with the course of his being convicted 30 some years later, I realized now I was wrong and I publicly apologized, wholly apologize this man. At least do that for the man's dignity or more importantly your own. You know, it hasn't happened with him and I doubt it will happen with me. No, that's right, Tony Matt, because it doesn't fit the narrative. You know, they have a narrative and they want to see you bad. You know, every mm -hmm. black man is bad. He's a criminal. Right. He's that. But when you're innocent, it doesn't fit that narrative that they created. They took all that time to create it about Dwayne and about other people, you know, you, Attorney Mack, and others, Gerard, and, and all the other guys who are, you know, been exonerated or still incarcerated that are innocent. They created this narrative, and for them to go back on that, you know, if they won't do it, Attorney Mack. I have yet, I have yet to see it. That's right. You know. That's right. So, you guys, we're here this week because... Of course, this is, you know, our last week. We're going to take a break um, after the love gathering. I think leading up to the long love gathering, I was getting sick or I was, you know, still pushing myself. But afterwards, I just was so sick. And so I still have been pushing myself. But, you know, I have really been taking time since I um, – to take care of myself. And I realized that self-care is social justice. And we, um, and I think they have, this is another narrative that they're created, you know, that we have to constantly be doing something and pushing ourselves and fighting and, you know, doing so much or we're not doing anything, you know, and so, if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of anyone else. You know, how are you gonna be able to fight or be in these movements if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not eating right, if you're not sleeping right, if you're not exercising? And so, um, because this is our, uh, our week before we leave, I thought it was the perfect time to talk about self-care how self-care is social justice, how it's vital to the movement. I know I see Dwayne all the time working out uh, and doing videos. He's boxing. He's doing a, you know, a lot of things. And I know Reverend Tia, she has a lot of stuff that she's doing for self-care. And it's very vital, even in our communities, even if you're not, you know, an advocate or 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 pushing a platform or creating a movement. It's important for everyone um, because there's so much going on and for you to be strong and be able to constantly um, be able to um, look at these things that's going on and not really letting them affect you and drain your energy. You have to take care of yourself. Go ahead, Reverend Tia. <laughs> Had to take take my mute off. You know what? I'm so glad that we're talking about this today. And you know, because self care is definitely an aspect of social justice because it impacts our individual well being. And if you look at the makeup of society, to the makeup of community, 
And I always say community is communing. It's the unity, um, common unity, and having that unity in society. And I believe today that we do not have a lot of unity because we are stressed out. And so it's the potential to address systemic inequalities and is by self-care. And how do I say that? Because we have to be balanced. If we're not balanced on the inside, how are we going to participate in society as a balanced individual or person who is mentally and physically balanced? So social justice is the pursuit of equality, fairness, and respect for all members of society. It encompasses of course, advocating for rights and well-being of marginalized and disadvantaged groups to create a more equitable, inclusive society. But if I'm all out of sorts, if I'm all disconjointed, <laughs> I'm just everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people all the time that with the information that we have that's um, just at light speed, that we're getting all of this information inundated with information day after day after day after day and the you know a lot of times people are just trying to consume the information and always be in the know well did you hear about this did you hear about that well i I, i'm doing this and i'm doing that and it's a constant and you know i don't know about anybody else but sometimes i can look at social media and i just want to scream and say okay everybody shut up right now just take a pause um, because I know that some people are not able to balance out. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Well, I got to get on every day because that's how you make it. That's how you make it. We're going after the money. Got to go after the money. You know, and for some people, that's okay if that's when you want to chase. You know, I tell people all the time when, you know, when talking to people in the choice zone is you got a choice in this and you get to create the life you really want. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you don't even know what that is. Right. And and people who are advocating for others can be day to day, day to day, constantly doing something and not taking a moment to pause and reflect and ask the question, is this what I really need to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. Am I at a level where I can really help somebody? Have I helped myself first? Did I get myself in position first? Is my mind in the right place first? Because a lot of times people are leaving their home and and their mind is not balanced. They're getting in their cars and they're angry and they're stressed out. And some people are acting out according to how they're feeling in that moment. And decisions are made. You know, if you make a decision and you're stressed, or you make a decision and you're afraid, I, nine times out of 10, that's going to be a bad a bad decision. Mm-hmm. If you are not balanced. Right. When we are, when we are taking care of, we have, we then have the energy and the capacity to accurately care for the world around us. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's right. 
you know. And you know, you know, J Love and Reverend Tia, you know, and good brother there, you know, that is so true, you know, because you can get pulled in so many different directions with people wanting you to be in this group, to be in that group, give to this, give to that. You can just drain out. You know, you know, you can just drain out. And you know, it's a million different great groups, you know, but we don't have a million parts of ourselves to give and have anything left. You know, I mean, just like Reverend T is saying, you can give all yourself away and just be a shell, a shell, you know, and, and, and that's not God's purpose for you to be no shell, you know, so, and I'll just be very public about this. You know, I deal a lot with my own mental health. Okay. My own mental health. I remember a colleague of mine named Tia Littlejohn said some months ago, we all on the spectrum. <laughs> so, you know what? And I said, you know, she right. I know I'm on it. So, so, so. <laughs> hey, look here. Look here. Being a black man in America, something would be wrong with me if I wasn't on the spectrum. You know, I know that I need to address my mental health because what I face and deal with every single day. Okay. You know, so uh, I'm just, you know, and I'm so glad Jay love that we have in this discussion because mental health is part of it. Yes, it is. Mental health is part of the rest you need to let your mind rest, you know, and, uh, and uh, there we go. Yeah, I know that yeah, I, I know was that. listening to a podcast and um, it featured Tyler Perry and he was talking about something and then I ran across it again. It was called it's called compassion fatigue. And he was saying how sometimes um, he thought he was depressed, but somebody brought it to his attention that he had compassion fatigue. And that, you know, because he's taking in so much and helping so many people. And then after a while, you get so overloaded with information and you get, you know, gave out so much empathy and compassion that all of a sudden you start becoming just numb. And so, and I think a lot of us are, are dealing with compassion fatigue. And so we... Um, we had to just take this time out. Time out. Um, by virtue of us caring for ourselves, that puts us in an even better also care for our community. Um, when I saw that, I was like, yes, <laughs> we have to. It is vital for even, you know, all the stuff we're doing, uh, Dwayne and uh, Attorney Mack and Reverend that we take time to breathe. You know, when you don't take time for yourself, all kinds of stuff start hurting and you never even thought. It's just out of the blue, you start getting like, oh, my neck hurt. You know, all these things, but that's those signs are telling you that you probably need to get somewhere and sit down. That's right. Yeah. Go ahead, Dwayne. Yeah, um, like what Tony Mac was saying, you know, just being black in America, we all got some type of um, trauma. Just being black in America, so 
as uh, Reverend uh, Little John says, we on the spectrum. And <laughs> it's important that we recognize that and make sure or do our best to make sure that we don't fall off the spectrum. Right, right. But if you slip and you fall off, you might not come back. I've seen many times mm -hmm. guys don't come back. Right. So yeah. it's very important, you know, this mental health thing, you know, it's, it's a serious thing. You know, um, we got all kinds of um, <laughs> obstacles and uh, uh, barriers. And, you know, even now I'm free. Uh, so to speak, but that's why I got that T-shirt right there because I'm not free yet. You know, even you know, I, I filled out like 200 or so applications, literally, not you know, figuratively, literally, uh, on Indeed and all the other uh, job websites. But that gap, that 35, that 36 year gap, and the fact that I'm black, first of all, and that 36 six year gap, and the fact that I'm easily uh, you know, they can easily look me up and see what happened. And, and of course, they're going to say, oh, well, that's too bad they did that guy like that. But he was still in prison. Um, so yeah. I'm stigmatized. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, no matter what. And I have to recognize that and not let it deter me, not let it discourage me, you know, because it could uh, put me in um, a, a depression or, you know, mm -hmm. something like that, you know, and, but it's, you know, mostly it's being aware of what you're facing. And once you're aware and, and you're determined enough to overcome it, no matter what it is, you can, you can fight yourself out of anything, mm -hmm. but you can't give up. I, mentally, spiritually, physically, you can't give up, you know, because once you give up and give in, now you're, you're searching for some uh, psychotropic drugs to, you know, medicate yourself or worse and never come back. So self-care is social justice. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we are in a society that there is no justice for us, you know, in, inherently so mm -hmm. we have to at least make ways that we can give ourselves justice right in this country and then what yeah. I, I find interesting about what you're saying Dwayne um what's different with you know when you're wrongly convicted so those who have been mm -hmm. incarcerated and they serve their time and come home there's programs and all kinds of things for them to you know be a part of transition and then for those who've been exonerated they're just like oh we made a mistake and see you mm -hmm. home and then there's no nothing for you really <laughs> there's no nothing. apology and then there's no nothing for you so when we're talking about these conversations although they're necessary they can be exhausting they can be, you know, um, really hard on people. And so that's mm -hmm. why we have to really, really take care of ourselves. 
Um, by resting, you're not betraying anybody. You're not betraying your movement. You're not betraying your commitments to racial justice, but actually you're giving yourself permission to take care of you so that you can do the liberation work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Dwayne, you know, um, for you to spend those years behind bars, I can tell that there's a practice of wellness just by looking at you from when I first laid eyes on you. There's a practice of wellness that you do. And maybe if you can take a moment, because I want to tell you something that even though you were incarcerated, you were free. And I say that because in your mind, you were free. And everybody that I've talked to so far, I have not come across anybody that said, I never imagined I would get out. Everyone who did get out says, I always knew I would. Is that true for you? Uh, it was true for me for about 31, 32 years. I knew that, you know, this conviction couldn't stand. But the more I went through these um, courts, all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States twice, and the more that, you know, the truth was put in front of them and they was not, I mean, you know, I had to really realize, like, it took me years, decades to realize that the truth didn't matter. In this system, when it comes to us, the truth doesn't matter. Now, the truth might matter, you know, if you're, you know, Caucasian descent, but I, I don't know. I can't speak to that because I'm not of Caucasian descent. But for us, the truth doesn't matter. And I had to learn that. So right up until the time, like I said, two or three days before my attorney found the uh, transcripts, I had got to my lowest point. Yeah. I was 55 years old and I said, damn, I might not make it out of here alive. The parole board wasn't wasn't intended for me to make it out of there alive. You know, they were intended to keep on giving me time every time they seen me. You know, I um I received continuances as they're called in Ohio, they call them flops of mm -hmm. 10 years the first time, four years the second time. After doing that much time, extra time, because it's all parole board time, then I got five more years the third time, and then five more years the fourth time when I appeared in front of them, which was in 2020. And I said to myself, like, wow, I don't understand this, like how this could stand, how this could just keep going like this. But I said, well, maybe this is just my fate. Maybe I need to accept it and say, this is all that, that there is for me. And mm -hmm. so I said, you know what? If this is a law's uh, uh, decree for me, I got to accept it. 
and I just gotta, you know, do what you I can do do, to what I can do be the best I can be from this position. I called home and I spoke to my mother and I said, listen, Ma, y'all you, you, gotta let me go. I said, because, you know, I might not make it out of here alive. And I can't take you down this journey that I'm about to go because, you know, the older you get in prison, prison is is, is a um, savage environment. Mm -hmm. So the older you get in prison, the more you're susceptible to become a victim. Yeah. So I said to myself, well, before I get too old, if I'm going to have to be here, I'm going to have to reestablish myself with these youngsters because they don't know me. You know, and I said to myself, well, I had a few guys, I had about three or four guys on the list already that, you know, I had just kept letting stuff slide, slide off my back. But I couldn't take my mother and those few people that love me, really love me, through seeing me or hearing about me in the hole and get my status yeah. raised and roll to a um, maximum security prison. Um, so at that point, you know, I told my mother and she cried. She made a sound that I never heard. So came from so deep. And I was just like, wow. And that was my lowest point. And yeah. two days later, literally two days later, I got a, uh, an email from the attorney. He said, Dwayne, we found your transcripts. We got them. They have been missing for almost 15 years. And as I told you before on, on here, like missing from the clerk of court's office. I don't, you know, like they grew legs and walked out of there. Like like the like the um uh uh the COVID, um, what do they call it? What's the yeah, problem that. for? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. that thing, that thing. It, it escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China. Like it said, next time that door opened, I'm out of here. My my transcript just disappeared for 15 years or, or close to 15 years. And two days after that conversation with my mother, the attorney reached out to me and said, we found them, we got them. And I said, wow, finally somebody's gonna see what was done to me. Yeah. And then four or five, maybe six days after that, we got the police reports. And I went from being, wow. like I said, seemingly a dead man walking to a person that's finally getting ready to get absolved of these crimes and released. And what comes with that? You know, so I'm, I'm a perfect example, a prime example of you know, endurance, endurance, you know, the stamina, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I'm not patting myself on the back for that. It was just, it came naturally. You know, I was protected. You know, I was, um, what's the word? Um, I love this word that people use. Um, and I can't think of it now, but I was very fortunate, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so you um, even even in 
in in that environment all of those years, I was very fortunate because I had an awareness that a lot of people didn't have. Mm-hmm. And I seen the mental breakdowns that that environment causes. I seen it early. Yeah. And and you didn't you, know, you didn't break you didn't break down. See, you still had your mind. Yeah, I had to protect you it. You know, a lot of times. Yeah, you had to protect it. I had yeah. to protect right. it. I really did, you that. know. And No, you, you muted yourself, attorney. I can look. I'm sitting here listening to this, brother, and I can well understand. It's like it's almost like he was there with me, and I was there with him. You know, because what he's saying is exactly right. You know, and uh, a lot of the people in prison, they literally have lost their mind. And I know people say that kind of a cliche but it's really true, you have lost your mind. When you want to become a gang member and you want to terrorize people who look like you to the benefit of people who do not look like you, because let me let me tell you something, that whole Jimmy Lynch theory, expose, whether you think Jimmy Lynch was real or not, whatever, the practice of it is real. It's real. In my in my penitentiary experience, guards would deliberately go into my file. And by the way, in Michigan Department of Corrections, any corrections officer, any staff member has a right to look at your file. Okay. Everything about you, they've got a right to see. And the theory is, well, their lives are in danger and they have a right to know the people that are around them. Well, that sounds nice, but the reality of it is in the Michigan Department of Corrections, a corrections officer really has got a better chance of being injured by slipping on a banana peel in terms of being hurt as opposed to being uh, beat up and stabbed. And believe me, I am not making light of the officers that have had their lives taken. I'm not making light of the employees who have had their lives taken been assaulted and raped and battered, and, and my heart goes out that that should not have happened. But because that happened, is not a carte blanche for you to raise individual genocide on me. And that's a new term I just thought of, individual genocide. Normally genocide is supposed to talk about a group of people, a race. Well, I had individual genocide leveled against me. <laughs> okay, individual genocide because of what I represented. And guards would tell people, weak-minded people that have lost their mind, gang members. Uh, some people, you know, you know, try to call themselves member of this group and that group. And really they were doing it as an organized gang because terrorism was there. We'll beat you up, we'll shank you, we'll hit you in the head with a lock if you don't do what we say do, you know what I'm saying? And and some people try to hide behind a religion. Don't 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 be behind behind religion doing that. You're doing that because you a thug and a punk. Okay. Don't sully a great religion by saying you're doing this in the name of so and so. Because no, you're not. So my 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 thing is, they would leak information about me and other inmates uh, that they didn't like, and the inmates would do their dirty work for them. The inmates would come up and you know accost me. 
or in you ain't this, you be this and that. I don't even know these people. I don't even know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but I knew where that came from. Them trying to curry favor with the master, kind of like the field Negro and the house Negro. You you remember the movie Harriet? You remember the movie Harriet? Okay, if you haven't seen it, see it. There was an Uncle Tom that was riding with a white guy, and he was there uh, uh, killing black folk, trapping black folk, okay? And he was doing pretty good, you know, keeping the darkies down. Till the day came when he went against what master told him. Till the day came when he started to be an individual thinker, I'm going to do this and this is darkie. You know what his reward for that was? A bullet in the head. A bullet in the head. That white man showed him how much of a nigger he truly was. So what I'm saying is he lost his mind, literally. And he really lost his mind when that bullet went through his head. Okay, But, but before that, he lost his mind. So, yeah. So when I look at particularly black people and men in there, how many of us have literally lost our mind? We turn on each other. We glorify the people that have enslaved us. We don't have no problem with the N-word. We don't have no problem disrespecting our women and doing it in front of white folk. That, that's the part that got me, doing it in front of white folk. And so you really wonder why they are the way they are. Not that they need us to, us to be terrible, but we certainly give them cover. We certainly do. Yeah, so that's why we gotta take our mind back and take our our take our life back and <laughs> get somewhere and sit down and really educate ourselves. You know, uh, you see what they're doing in Florida. They're trying to change. You know, the whole history of you know they're trying to say you know slaves. There was some skilled trades. Slavery was you know they was like <laughs> skilled trades and stuff. And so. Right. You know, when we don't understand our history and we don't take time to read and we don't take time to really uh, educate ourselves, this is what happened. You know, we start doing the work of our oppressor. Um, yeah, and you know what? Then this is these are the times I, I know Dwayne was talking about earlier how we need to come together collectively. You know, things like that. And that's when you want to say, okay. Uh, maybe that Disney trip is not going to happen. Not right now. Maybe we need to not participate in activities in Florida or go to vacation in Florida. You know, and and, and this right. is, you know, every everybody wants to wait to get everybody on the bandwagon and let's collectively come together. I mean, I'm talking individually, just make a decision for yourself right. and for your family. That's like right. I told my daughter, don't talk to me about going to Florida and taking the baby to Disney. Because I'm not spending a dime in Florida right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, right. Um, right. and 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 I feel very comfortable in saying that. Mm -hmm. And and because if you have to continuously lie, I mean, lying is just, the, uh, you know, if you they always talk about generational trauma and what's lodged inside of people of color and and um the the trauma that we've had and then but then there's trauma that's in other people too and there's patterns of thought and and, and mm -hmm. actions and behaviors of lying that is consistent mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and and so you know they just want to lie their way into believing that they are something that they're not mm -hmm. clearly that's right. and, and that's not even intelligent 
not even so they don't want right they don't want their kids to feel bad but it's okay for our kids to feel bad and for our right. kids to go right. out and for our kids right. to think less of themselves because somebody else don't want to own up to the truth of what really happened and right. so and all of these atrocities and stories that we hear every day it takes a toll and especially if you in this arena, you know, attorney Matt, you constantly in the courtroom. It's Revetia, you constantly yeah. working. And you know, mm-hmm. the way you're you know, constantly, you know, advocating and fighting. It take and then you hear somebody talk about slavery with some steel trade, you know, some trade work that they could use later. Even yeah. when slavery was over, that's what created mass incarceration. They can't go out and start talking about, you know, I'm gonna charge yes. you for me to go yeah. pick your cotton. Well, nobody right. can paying nobody to come do it. They still wanted it for free. Right, right. So. And, mm-hmm, and, and Jay J- Love, can, can I add this also? One of the things that I always hear is, look, slavery ended in 1865, what, a, a, a hundred and I don't know what, 70 years ago, whatever, something like that, okay? And y'all have had the time to go on and build something if you don't have nothing because you ain't work, you ain't sacrificed. And let me just give you a history lesson. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Frederick Douglass put, he uh, close to a millionaire, by the way, one of the richest men in America at the time, by the way, in, in the Free Man's Bureau, the Free Man's Bureau, okay? Uh, dealing with black farmers and land and property ownership. They bankrupted that SH. You hear me? They bankrupted that SH. Took them people's land. Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, they burned that S down. Excuse me, I'm getting nasty. I'm sorry. Rosewood, burn that S down time and time and time again. So please don't, the GI Bill made it clear. Niggas need not apply. Excuse me. Excuse me. And the GI Bill was made specifically to let people who served our country in World War II, a bunch of black folk, a whole bunch of black folk, okay, be able to come get college education, be able to come and get low interest loans to buy homes. Black people need not apply, okay, okay? So what I'm saying is that redlining is there for a reason. So don't you dare let anybody tell you y'all don't have a fair shake. If you ain't in the Fortune 500, you just ain't smart enough to do it. Not true. They eliminated race and consideration in, in college admissions and schools. They didn't do nothing about legacy. Legacy ain't got a damn thing to do with merit. Okay. You could be dumb as a rock, as a rock. Okay. Well, my daddy went to Harvard. My mama went to Harvard. My great granddaddy. Don't you see the Mac uh, business school? Who the hell you think that's named after? Oh, that's right. You got to get you 45 percent interest in. And that's what's happening. So, you know, black people, stop letting people control your narrative. Stop letting people write your history. Stop letting people tell you this is the way it is. And that's the way it was. You know, and I, I say this all the time. I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up after this. Reverend Jesse Jackson, he just uh, retired from uh, uh, being a push in the Rainbow Coalition, you know, after all them years. I remember one thing that man said, if you stand up, he'll fall off your back. So, so, so what I'm saying is stand up, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to do that. I don't know. You know, this may be my last broadcast. So white folks may get tired of me. So we're tired of that nigga. We're going to do something about it. <laughs> it is. Well, then l- let it be. But, but that's what I got to say. And I ain't apologizing. But I do love you.
<laughs> the narrative that they're pushing now and they're teaching their kids is that because they can't deny the history, so they they change it, doing the best to change the narrative. So the narrative is that they are teaching their kids that they did their, their ancestors did our ancestors a favor by enslaving. This is yeah, the narrative right. that they're pushing. Right, right. They did us a favor, and that's true. That we are today better off for that favor that they did for our ancestors. Right. This is what they're doing. Right. This is the narrative. Yeah. yeah. And they also no. the narrative that we got to keep pushing ourselves and working 12 hours and don't take no vacation, don't take no time off because we got to keep on, we got to live the American dream. And, and so, you know, and you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, and all this other stuff, crazy crap that we have been programmed to believe. And that's so we work ourselves to death. I have seen people, I worked in the auto industry, and I've seen people work 50 years, retire and die a week later. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. if we're not taking care of ourselves, care of ourselves. we cannot. <laughs> We cannot survive. We cannot empower. We cannot educate our people to, you know, empower themselves to push forward, not doing, you know, their deeds and pushing their agenda, but creating an environment that's loving and caring for ourselves. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's having those solutions in your, your tool belt of how do I stop thought or stop thinking or stop the chatter in my mind going, how can I take a break? And I'm talking about, this is just some of the self-care I do on a daily. When I'm, when I'm not able to go to the countryside, although I do love going to the countryside, I like to be outside. I like to be by a beach. I enjoy all of those things. I like to sit down in a, in a garden, you know? Um, but there are times, even throughout the day, that I have to take a moment and breathe. Mm -hmm. and, and that's all I'm doing is taking deep breaths. And I might just put on some music or I might um, put on uh, instrumu instru instrumental music. Um, but I'll take, you know, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, or I might just affirm something. I affirm something good, like everything is working together for my good right now. It's all coming together. I need not worry. Or I might not say anything at all. Can you be in silence and be okay? You know, because a lot of times the power is in the silence. You get answers. You get solutions. Or you just have peace. People have, have they've done a studies. You can look this up where people have actually brought down blood pressure to a normal position by simply being still, drinking some water and, and resting. Mm -hmm. yeah. We don't have to follow what everybody else is doing. No. no. You know, and we gotta be able to say, when is it? Cause like Dwayne, I know that for you to come out and still have your sanity, you were taking some moments. Every day. Every day. Yeah. 
Attorney Mack, you too. You were taking some moments. Mm -hmm. Well, well, we love you. We love you. Oh, I like that. How can we assess pleasure and joy and liberation if we're too tired to experience? Um, yes. Resting is resistance. Identify. This is one of the ways we get to rest. I, I identify key information and educating ourselves. You know, a lot of times we take in so much information and we're not really sitting down with it and educating ourselves because um, you talked about it earlier, Reverend T, about social media and everything. Sometimes you get misinformation. A lot of stuff is put out here to trigger you. And so you have to really sit down when you hear this stuff and take time out to read it and understand before you get emotionally charged with all of it. Because um, we just had an incident that, you know, a lot of us got emotionally charged with the information and then it turned out to be false. And then we got disillusioned, you know, but we, it's our responsibility to take time out to educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and and knowing those solutions, put you know, whether it's a, a bubble bath, um something you know simple it doesn't have to cost you know a lot of times people will go to the store and say well this is my therapy and they're just spending money but it doesn't bring you peace you know you're just spending money it's not bringing you any peace but there are ways to to bring peace to yourself to still yourself still your mind and you know something even with mothers you know um i had three children and I started off with twins and um, of course they're grown good and grown now, uh, all three of them. And I have a daughter and two boys. And so I noticed that I was trying to run in this rat race with everybody else when they were very little, you know, and, and I was tired, you know, I was, I was trying to run a company and, and still be a good mom. I, I cooked home cooked meals and, um, you know, was cleaning and everything. And, and I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so what I told them was in order for me, and I talked to the children in order for me to be a better mom, I got to take myself and put myself in timeout. And so the boys were shocked. They were like two or three and they were like, you got to go to time. I said, yeah, I got to go to timeout. <laughs> and so as they got older, we would start off with just 20 minutes and they learned how to look at the clock and I had a timer and I put myself in timeout for 20 minutes. That means the house was silent and nobody said anything for 20 minutes and we were still. And and do you know, as time went on, but they got a little older than the, my, the baby girl was born. After they would come from school, there were times Everybody would be in my room, in the bed with me, on my timeout, and everybody asleep. That timeout went from 20 minutes to an hour. And to this day, those same grown boys, when they get off work, they're silent. They don't stay with me, but I, you know, when I watched them as they got older, 
when they were in college, when they were in high school, they would come home and they were silent when they came home for the, that first hour because they, they had to let go of everything. So th these are some of the tools that we can do even as mothers. So what did that do? That means I'm not yelling. I'm not yelling and cussing out kids. Mm -mm. It was a calm house. The only time it wasn't calm is when they were playing and they were loud. Sometimes it sounded like I had 10 kids. I only had three. So we can do these things to bring calmness to wherever we are. And my mother used to sing this song. And somebody else, of course, it's somebody else's song, but it was we make our own world wherever we are. And they, they played it sometimes at Disney. <laughs> but you do. Wherever you go, you're going to take yourself with you. And if you are filled with chaos, then chaos will follow. If you're filled with peace, then peace is going to follow you wherever you go. Hmm. Two things you said. Um, I want to address the last thing first. The silence. Time out. I'm naturally a night owl. So at night was when everybody would go to sleep. And I would be sitting there on that bunk. And I would be thinking. That was my time to get my mind right. Because in the daytime, your head had to be on a swivel from both sides, the people that you were locked up in there with and from, from the staff, you know, cause it's, it's, it's really a, a treacherous uh, place to be. So that was the time that I took to be silent, to, to, and to appreciate and take advantage of the silence and get my thoughts together, you know? So yeah, that, that's, that's that's something I, I didn't I didn't I didn't know anybody else did that. Um, and the other thing you mentioned was the the store. You mentioned going to the store. They got these what do they call them grocery deserts in the black communities. And when you mentioned it, it made me think of this because. And and if you think that I'm 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 a conspiracy theorist, just. Do the research yourself. Go to these stores. They got they got brands in these stores that they have in these poor neighborhoods, as they call it, that they don't have anywhere else. And in these in these brands that this so-called food that they're selling, they sell it real cheap. So you know you figure, okay, we I could feed my family because this is only you know such and such is real cheap. But they got these brands that you won't find anywhere else. And if you look at the ingredients and you do any research on the ingredients, they got stuff in, the, in, in those brands and in that, in that so-called food that's deteriorating our health. It's poison. So people, really, black people, Spanish brown people, put those brands out of business. Stop buying that stuff because it's cheap. Put it out of business because it's killing us. It's giving us high blood pressure, diabetes, heart failure, kidney failure. It's giving us all of these things. And this is designed. This is designed. It's a, it's a reason why if you go to that, even, even the same, the chains, they got 
what all these and then in the in, in the poor neighborhoods is, is save a lot or something like that even these brand if, if you go to the white neighborhood these brands that we're buying because they're cheap in our neighborhoods you won't find them in the white neighborhoods mm-hmm. and that's that's for food and alcohol you're not going to find a more liquor in the white neighborhoods it's a reason for that so we have to wake up as a people and say you know what we ain't buying that crap no more yeah i know i just watched something and it was showing how uh, right heinz ketchup right so they showed um Heinz ketchup that's in here in the United States and Heinz ketchup in Canada. And the Heinz ketchup in Canada had all good nutritional ingredients. Heinz ketchup ketchup in the United States had all kinds of corn syrup, additives, all kinds of- 19, 19 ingredients. Yes. That they they some of the ingredients that's in it that's here that we're eating is illegal in other countries. And so you wonder, well, why am I why am I eating crap? But they're taking giving you the crap here. And in the, in other countries, they're eating and and they have a longer lifespan because of the way they eat and because of the, the chemicals that they're not allowed to put in the food. And so that's why we have to, like, when we're taking this time, and I mean, you know, we're giving out these tools, uh, and I got on here drinking, eat live foods. Like, yes, we had to eat live foods. We had to stop eating so much of the processed food, like Dwayne's talking about, because our neighborhoods are food deserts. Um, a lot of our communities don't have a grocery store. They have... Um, in Michigan, where we had gas stations and corner stores where they go get cheap food or off-brand stores, and they have all these additives and so and sugars and dyes and all these things. All to um, and then you wonder why your kid is being labeled HDD. Take them off some of that food and give him some live, give them some live foods, give him some vegetables things without all those additives and you can you'll see the shift even in kids even in yourself go ahead Reverend Tia or Dwayne oh this this is so good you know um and and that you know this is all a part of justice you know it's all it's all it's all a part of justice and and you're treating your body and you know you're bringing justice to your body you're bringing balance to the body um you know I, my mother used to always say if you for anything you know when it comes to the body the more green the more life you eat the more green foods the more life you have and you know eat your fruits and vegetables and um do a day of just fruits and vegetables and see how you feel you know um not when not long ago, well, I guess it was long ago now, I did a three-week of that where we would just go, my mother and I, we went up to um, this uh, camp up in uh, Union City. And we did three weeks 
of going out into the garden, picking the food, and you only ate what you picked. You picked your meal every day, and it was straight from the garden. Now, I had to get used to that. However, after three weeks, my skin was on just glowing. I felt absolutely marvelous. The energy I had was was nonstop. Um, and so now, you know, today I take time out and I will do that type of eating. I don't even call it a fast. I just call it putting life in the body. And if you put if you just look at it like I'm putting life in the body, I don't even look at how things taste anymore because sometimes I make concoctions all the time. You know, my kids run. OK, they run for me all the time. No, mom, we got it. We got it. Don't give me anything. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> but I drink it. I drink what I make because I know I'm putting life in the body. I'm putting oils yes. in my body. I'm, you know, I'm getting back to what's what's real. Right. And I'm doing this because it, it feels good. Right. Grow your own vegetables. I know I grow my own vegetables. I have this guy growing. I'm eating green beans. They all taste like the green beans in the store. The lettuce doesn't taste. You know, when you start eating fresh food from the ground, yeah, you, you taste it tastes different. It's not which you can't buy this in the store. Do you know yeah. how? Let's just even go with the lettuce. How long that lettuce has to be in transit before it gets to you? How many places to get? So by the time it gets to you, all the life of it is out. It just looks pretty because they did whatever they needed to do to preserve it. But if you can go to to your backyard or on your patio, and you know they even got planter bags that you can put like dirt in and put collards mm -hmm. in and greens and lettuce in and eat some of that lettuce, you can taste the difference. The minerals go out into the sun. People, you don't even understand how does just getting some sun on your skin is rejuvenating. You know, we um, sit in the doors all day and Netflix and and chill and kids playing. I know when we were little, we couldn't stay in the house all day. Get outside. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they watch video games and, and play video games all day and night. Movies and they take so much of that. Um, the TV rays and all that stuff in instead mm -hmm. of getting some sun rays. These things are mm -hmm. important to your well-being. You know, we live in environments that um, have a lot of chemicals, especially in black communities. You know, Southwest yeah. Detroit has, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of um, uh, a plant down in the oil plant refinery and all this stuff. And so mm -hmm. even with the Canadian fires and all the smog and stuff, we have to get some air and exercise and drink water, all these things. This is part of the social justice movement. If we're not healthy, we we can't fight. We can't stand up. We can't organize. We can't we can't even be creative in our thinking if we're not rested. So you know, <laughs> these people are resting. That's why they come up with all this crazy stuff all the time because they have sat down and have, uh, had a retreat somewhere and then it came with all these um, uh, ideas to keep you oppressed. And while we we're just we trying to beat the clock every day and you know work 10, 12 hours a day, we can't even keep up with the craziness. So yeah. that's why rest 
exercise, take the time off for yourself, being with your family. That connection of family is important. Um, just having friends or people that you can connect with that's outside of this, that you can, you know, just talk to, uh, and you know, watching comedy on TV, laughing. Laughing is healing. <laughs> um, all these things rejuvenate you. They re um, calibrate your body. <laughs> I love it. The good foods make your cells, mm -hmm. you know, nourish your cells and your molecules and keep you, you know, your body healing and getting back to a good state. It's important. And, you know, we don't talk about it mm -hmm. enough. We talk about go, 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 bye, bye, bye. You know, what's the latest things we can put on our body, but what is the latest, most important thing that you can put in your body to sustain right. your life? to sustain your community. And J-Love, so. you know, people have to be aware that, you know, um, we're all, we've all been sold out. Everything is geared toward the corporations and the billionaires. Yeah. Billionaires yeah. that own the corporations, the billionaires that mm -hmm. are really in control of the government. So right. we are all just feeding that machine. Exactly. The whole, the whole, the whole country is, is, is being oppressed and, and really don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And it's so sickening and disgusting that and people disgusting don't realize it's going on. So we're, we're just feeding the machine. The whole thing is that they're gonna put all of this stuff in the foods, they're gen genetically uh, modifying foods, vegetables included. I mean, we, you know, we can't get away from it, but they're putting stuff into the foods to make the people sick, to make the people go go to the doctors, for the doctors to put them on medication and cut on them, for the pharmaceutical companies to get richer and richer. This is all feeding the system, all feeding the machine. This is this stuff is being done purposely to the American people, and and nobody's saying anything about it. It's 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 it's, it's a cycle. It's one feeds the other, one feeds up. But at the root of it is making the people sick. Your doctors, you better pay attention to your doctors because, and, and, and if you ask them, they'll tell you. All doctors are taught is to medicate or cut. That's all they're taught. And if you ask them, they'll tell you that that's what they're taught. Right. They're not taught to try to heal you um, naturally find some natural or some herbs or whatever that might heal you because there's no money in that for the pharmaceutical companies yeah. there's no money in that for their pockets to say that they can build the insurance companies to say that they did this surgery there's no money in, in curing cancer naturally because now the hundred and eighty thousand dollar chemotherapy session is out the window right the, the, the ninety thousand dollar radiation session is out the window so dialysis yeah dialysis and all and on and on and on so they have a totally different agenda than our health right because everything yeah. they they sell us have salt in it or sugar in it and you know yeah. and then we we're not moving enough 
you know. And, and where so, are the dialysis? Where are the dialysis? They're all in, in the in our neighborhood. They're all in know. our neighborhoods. People got to right. understand where the food, food yeah. deserts are. Right. They got. And they the got medicine, the medicine that they put you on to help you, supposed to help you with your kidneys, actually causes kidneys or to help you with hypertension and many other um, types of, of um, medications will actually damage your kidneys. Mm -hmm. And so then they oh, already heart. know based upon mm -hmm. who has the medications that, okay, we're going to need dialysis centers, centers in these locations. Why? Because it's us. Right. And they make sure they give you free rides to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure you get yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Right. We got the carpool to the to the farm, everybody. And so yeah. they keep us, they, they constantly programming us for our own demise. You know, right. this movie came out on Netflix, um, Cloning Tyrone. And so um I heard people talking about it and I finally got a chance to watch it. And then I watched it again. And if you take your time and watch the movie, I thought it's a comedy. It has so many key things in it, you know, with the how they was putting things on the food and the people were so addicted to the food. You know, it's funny, but this is what's actually going on in our real everyday lives. You know, why you want these McDonald's fries so bad? Because there's chemicals and things that they put on it that make you want to go keep eating that stuff. Make it's not that you really want it. You just get addicted to it. Like, you know, we talk about people who have drug addictions. and But these food, you are addicted to some of these foods by the same way, you know. If, <laughs> so because of the chemicals they, they are in them. Right. And so when you eat so much of this stuff, it causes other health conditions because your body don't know what the heck that is in there. You know what it's trying to process. <laughs> it's plastic half of the time and so we have to that's why we're talking about self-care as we take our time out to self-care take care of ourselves we want our listeners and viewers to take this information to take time out to take care of yourselves because no matter what issue that you're standing up for um uh, what person that you're advocating for or what platform you're advocating for. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not focused. If you're not taking care of yourself, you won't be able to stand the whole journey of that, um, whatever it is you got to go through. So it is important, it is vital that we get more focused on taking care of ourselves. We also get focused on saying no, you know, uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just have to say, no, no, I can't go and no, I can't do it. And it's okay, you know, for a people, somebody else to be upset or whatever, or your kids to be, it's okay because guess what? That no can allow you to rest. Can't be everywhere. So. Um. I want to also just let, you know, us to go back and reiterate that self-care for activists, take time for yourself, eat regularly, drink water, 
take breaks from social media. We've been talking about that. Take a break. <laughs> Get some sleep. Support your surround yourself with supportive people. The all of those things are so important. Um, to take care of yourself, they're vital to the movement. They're vital to the movement of you. <laughs> so, um, is there anything we want to um, you uh, you want to leave us with, um, Dwayne? Um, yeah. Uh, I know y'all say I always got something to say, right? No, that's yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really important. It's of the utmost importance that, you know, as this topic, self-care is social justice. Self-care is, is self-preservation for real. So what we have to do, I mean, really like, you know, don't take nobody's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Do your own research. It's, this stuff is easy to see. It's easy to look up. They say black people don't like to read. So we're going to have to start reading, mm. even if it's just labels. And if you're reading these labels and they got more than three or four or five or six ingredients in it, and they, you're reading stuff that you can't understand, like, what the heck is that? You can't even pronounce some of the stuff. Some of the stuff is not even food. You know it's not food because it's, it's, it's you can tell that it's some type of chemical. You know, just don't don't buy it. Don't buy it. Like you know, Miss Little John and and Jay Love are saying, eat stuff that's coming out the ground. She did a three week fruit and vegetable diet, and she's telling you how she felt. You know, the meats. They're telling them. They're telling the farmers that they have to feed their cattle, or whatever their 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 uh, livestock is with this grain from the government. And you got these farmers that saying, no, we don't have to do that. We can raise our, our cattle off the land. Like they've been living for as long as they've been created. But the government's telling them, no, they want them to have this specially feed that they made in the laboratory to put into the cows, the pigs or whatever else we eat, the, the chickens. Brother had chickens in his backyard. He slaughtered himself. He feathered, defeathered them, or whatever that. Because I'm, I'm not a country boy, so I don't know. But he cooked them, and when I tasted the chicken, I never ever tasted chicken like that in my life. No chemicals. None of that stuff that they putting in the feed. It was just to you could you could taste the difference. It tasted so fresh and rangy like you could tell these chickens that i was eating was eating fresh grass or whatever the grains might be so this stuff is real we have to take you know our health serious our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health we have to take it serious because they're not looking out for us our government has sold us out the politicians have sold us out to the major corporations and the billionaires. The billionaires are running this. Yeah. Bill Gates is is he is doing all kind of stuff to poison the people. 
Yes. This, this so stuff is out there. It's public information. You just got to go look, mm -hmm. look for it for yourself. You got to read. You got to pay read. attention. Yeah. You pay attention. Because, you know, for me, I haven't ate any meat in over a month. I've been, you know, up my water intake. I've been eating just fresh fruits and veggies and just taking time just to be quiet and be still. And, you know, and I feel a whole lot absolutely better. I was telling Reverend Tia, I was telling her how my stomach was hurt so bad. I haven't had any pain in my stomach, you know, or none of that stuff. So we have to take out time for ourselves because so many of our people, you know, die because of things that's curable. You know, uh, hypertension is curable. Heart disease, some of these things that we're dying for are curable things that all we have to do is take um, time for ourselves. So many of our leaders and advocates are dying, you know. Um, and so with that happening, we have to look at ourselves and say, hey, you know, what can I do to make myself better, you know, to help so I can be a reflection to what I want to see in my community, you know, and I can spread this awareness to others. So we have to take that time out. Go ahead, Reverend well, one thing for you, it's not just about the dying, J Love. It's about the quality of life too. Yeah, yeah. You can you can live a long time being sickly and on medication, and you know, mm -hmm. with all these aches and pains and stuff. So it's about the quality of life too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mind. Um, That's you right. Know, if you don't have an open mind to receive the information or mind to change or mind to, mm -hmm. you know, educate ourselves, uh, educate yourself, um, you're going to continue to suffer. Mm -hmm. So it's that, you know, right with a thought like, hey, I want to do better. And then that yeah. triggers everything else. Go ahead, Reverend Tia. I didn't mean mm -hmm. to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is, I'm loving this conversation. And, you know, we got to know that, you know, United States itself is a corporation. It's a corporation. So it's, it's not, um, that's why it's corporately led, you know? So, so, um, the care of the people is up to us, the care for ourselves, you know, and the care for ourselves, the care for what is important to us. And and while we are doing the self-care, I uh, always look at the, the mind and try to, to notice the chatter that you have going on, the self-talk that you do to yourself. And I always ask people, what are you telling yourself? What are you telling yourself? What what's going, what are you saying to yourself that is either negative or positive? You know, and how can you talk to yourself? How can you love yourself with what you're saying to yourself? I mean, because most of the time, things, you know, people will often look at what's going on outside of themselves, but in reality, it's what you tell yourself that makes the difference. So tell yourself something good. Tell yourself something beautiful. How many times have you looked in the mirror and said, you know what, I love you today. I love you today and every day. Like, I really love you. Someone asked me that long ago. They said, um, well, how do you like, you know, being with yourself all the time? Are you lonely? And I said, well, no, 
I'm, I said, you know what? I met this girl and she is so cool. Like, I really like her. And I found out that she's good people. And they said, well, who did you meet? And I said, well, I met myself. When you meet yourself and you start to see and ask God to reveal to you, ask your higher power to reveal to you what is good, what is good about you. Write it down. Write it down. Start making a list about the good things about yourself. And, and just thank God. Thank him. Thank her. Thank, thank spirit. That, thank you. Thank you for this mind. Thank you for this body. And talk to your body. If it's not doing what you want it to do, start imagining that it's doing what you want it to do. You know, if you don't feel as agile and you're not running like you used to, say, oh, I just, I'm so grateful right now that I am agile. I, I run, I skip, I dance, I jog like a 10-year-old. Even if it's not that yet, keep saying it. Keep thinking it. And more than that, imagine it. Use the power of your imagination to bring about what you want. Because you're using it anyway, probably to bring about what you don't want. And I tell you, when we do this individually and collectively, our whole community changes. Yes, Ravitia. <laughs> you're right, speaking into existence. <laughs> yeah. You gotta see it and be it and, and believe it. That's right. Yeah. So I am so happy that we had this conversation tonight. Uh, we're going to be off for about six weeks, but um, we're going to come back refreshed and um, ready <laughs> to um, um, do some more work. Uh, I like what Beulah said, create your own home and oasis. Trust me, it works. I know. Yeah. I did, Beulah. I created my own oasis. I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. But right in my backyard, Rabatia, you got a wonderful oasis. Yeah, I got an oasis too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I also want to recognize one of our um, sisters in the movement that recently passed away. She was a great yeah. friend to us. Um Brenda Hill, rest in peace. We love you. Um, yeah. I think her service is going to be um, the beginning of next month. But mm -hmm. we want to, you know, just send condolences and love to her family and all the friends and all the people that she touched. She's a wonderful leader. And so yeah. um, she was very, uh, in the beginning stage, uh, stages of me um, creating this platform, she was very helpful to, you know, us and very supportive. So um, I was really sad to hear that. And so I just want to send love to um, Brenda's family and to Brenda, you know. Um, she was very impactful and she left a lot for us. Um, so we will continue to stand and uh, do what we got to do. So with that being said, let me see if I have, um, um, yes, any more things that we need to add? Um, um, we just, oh, we can't um, leave without saying support and donate to the Voice of Detroit. 
Um, Miss Diane was on uh, two weeks ago. With uh, um, she's going to be back. Um, she always are um, doing some great stories, and so uh, on wrongful convictions. And so um, we ask that you go to her her platform, thevoiceofdetroit.net, um, read some of the stories and some of the work that she has done. And also um, donate to that is independent. She doesn't have any corporate sponsors. So, you know, when people out here telling the truth, they don't have corporations back to them. So we have to stand up and uh, support her. Um, um, she's been doing this for over 20, almost 30 years. So we also want to, we also support the Final Push Project, Clemency for Susan Brown, our sister, Susan, who's a wonderful advocate. She's in um, the Michigan Department of Corrections and we are pushing for her, Clemency. You can um, find out more about Susan and how you can support her through Linktree, Clemency for Susan Brown. And also, um, that's it, you guys. Um, that's it. Wow. We left it, we're leaving on a high note. <laughs> it feels good not to leave and be, you know, irritated. So the way uh, I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks and we're going to keep in touch and kick it with each other. I guess we might pop mm -hmm. in at something, you know, just pull at us that we need to talk about, but we're going to take some time off and take care of ourselves. And then we're going to come back in September ready to go. So thank you, Reverend Tia. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Dwayne, uh, if anything comes up for you, just leave me the information or whatever, connect with me. And um, so we can be, you know, on top of everything that you're doing. Um, okay. All right, you guys. So thank you, everyone. And we'll see you in about, what, six weeks? Yeah. Turn That's right. Into a movement. Right. A movement. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. Love you, guys.